mothers do this from time to time. They get concerned about their children. And uh, her seven-year-old daughter was at school. It was clouds were starting to build up in the sky. And uh, the mother thought, you know, it, I probably ought to meet up with my daughter. She's going to be coming home, and the storm's going to be coming in, and she might be fearful. She might have a little problem with that. And so uh, when time for school to let out, mother started to walk towards the school, just three blocks away. And she noticed her daughter way off, and a bolt of lightning would hit, and her daughter would just stop for a minute, look around, and mother's thinking, oh, man, she's scared to death. She's scared to death. She's scared to even move. And uh, so mother kept walking, and finally the daughter saw the mother, and another bolt of lightning struck, and the daughter stopped for a moment, and, and then uh, she saw her mother and took off running towards her mom. And her mom says, oh, honey, honey, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. And she said, yeah, mommy, said, this has been a great, great day. She said, on my way home from, from school today, God was taking my picture. <laughs> and so she was stopping and smiling so God could get a good picture. And so you just never know what's going on in the minds of a child. And uh, sometimes it's, it's fun to, to look at that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to... Revelations 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Revelations. And today we're going to look at the awesome, awesome glory of God. And God's glory is new every morning. New every morning. He has something to pour out upon our lives every morning. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Everything new. How many times have you heard about the new. I mean, it, the, the big words are for commercials and advertisement is new and improved. And you get it, and it smells a little different, looks a little bit different, but the old seem to work better. Nine times out of ten, that's kind of how we, how we feel. But it's new. But this new that God is speaking about is going to be awesome new. I mean, there's nothing ever been like it, ever, ever. It's going to be new, a new heaven and a new earth, and we can't wrap our brain around it because all we can do is see the earth that we have today. And and so to, to think of what heaven's going to be like, it's very hard for us to comprehend. But it says it's going to be new. I see the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, from God. 
it is wonderful to know that God spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden. And they had a little bit of difficulty with obedience. Notice I said they had a little bit of difficulty with obedience because it was all about them. And uh, I think sometimes we want to place the blame on the woman, especially the men. But I, I just really want to encourage you that women can preach the gospel with the anointing. I, uh, I, just, uh, I just want to make a declaration. calls women to preach. God calls men to preach. And if God has called you to preach, you better start preaching. And the truth of the lost and dying world, a world that needs to hear that you love Jesus and Jesus loves you. I heard a voice from the throne, now the dwelling of God is with men. The dwelling of God was with men. He, okay, so he spoke to Adam and Eve, and they had a little bit of disobedient problem. And, and so then we go through, and, and God sends his son Jesus to live among us for a season in the old world, in the world of sin, in the world of, of difficulties, in the world that, that, that is human. But Jesus does not come to uh, sin. He, he totally blocks sin out of his life. He, he lives a pure, holy life. Jesus lives a pure, holy life on earth in breathing our air on our soil, on our mountaintops, on our valleys. Uh, he, he ate our food. He, he was a part of us. Jesus sent him. And now in the new heaven, it's saying that God himself, I heard a voice, now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will see, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Hallelujah. That is for the believer. That is for the person who's saying, notice in now, because you're going to rule and reign with God, and you're going to be in God's presence. There's nothing like worship. When we come in this place and we raise our hands, we're surrendering our will, we're surrendering our time, we're surrendering our talents to give God praise, to sing unto Him. And there's nothing like worship because what worship does, it brings you into the presence of God. Now, is God still there? Yes, God is always there. But it's us who get sidetracked with all the busyness of life. Uh, are, are we not busy? You know, it's amazing. They, they built microwaves and said, man, this is going to be so great. We're going to have so much extra time. We got the computer. Oh, this is great. It's going to make life so much easier. It's going to give us so much extra time. All it did was give us new avenues. All it did was give us new avenues on how to have more stuff and do more things. And so now we're busier than ever because we're not taking time to boil the water and we're not taking time to chop the wood. We're busy doing everything else under the sun. And we're not having as much time with God as, as we could have if we just focused on him more. And so the dwelling, God says, I'm going to be dwelling with you, and I will be their God. That's exciting. That is exciting. God being within his presence 24-7. He's going to come and dwell among us, and we're going to be among him, and it's going to be something that is constant. 
this world's changing. We're going through the seasons now. The leaves are changing. Things are getting colorful out there. And, and pretty soon it'll all be brown. And then before you know it, there'll be little shoots coming out and it'll start greening up again. And we're going through the cycle of life here on this earth. But when God comes, he's not leaving. Hallelujah. It's not going to be for a season. It's going to be an awesome time. It says he will wipe away. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things have passed away. Can you imagine what heaven's going to be like? It's that way right now for those who've gone to be in heaven. But we're going to experience it in a new earth, in a new heaven, and it's going to be an awesome time to wear no pain. No pain. You that are younger don't have a clue what, what pain is in the sense of, of arthritis and having pain every time a certain joint moves and goes a certain direction. You that are older uh, give us that frown on your face from time to time whenever the arthritis is kicking in and you can tell the weather forecast when the fronts are coming in and whatnot. And uh, so those pains will be gone. Some of you are really rejoicing about that. The pain will be gone. It won't take a front to go through for the weather to change. The pain will be gone because God's presence is so strong that all mourning and crying will be gone. The pain will be gone. The old order has passed away. I'm making everything new. God is making everything new. I've learned through life that sometimes you can buy a product that's called remanufactured. I have some tools that, that have the, the name remanufactured uh, melded into the side of it so that it cannot be uh, warranted as a new one. It's been remanufactured. And what does that mean? That means it's gone back to the factory and possibly they've pulled it apart, put new bearings in it, oiled it, put it back together and sent it to you. Sometimes they, they get these, they look at them and say, oh, it looks like a drill. Put it back in the box and send it out, and you get it, and it don't work <laughs> but for a month or two, and you wonder why. Uh, it's because some people were lazy and didn't bother to refurbish it. But God said, I'm going to make everything new. And that tells me he's not going to take something and remodel it. He's going to make it brand new. What do you mean? What's the difference between brand new and and, and, and remodeled. Brand new is that all the manufacturer wrinkles were put in by the press at the manufacturer, and when it comes out, it has a brand new coat of paint on it, and it's perfect. Remanufactured sometimes is that the body work on the car has gotten a dent in it, and we've put a little body putty in it, we've sanded it down, we've painted it, and it looks brand new. But when you take a magnet and drive it across the side of the car, it wants to fall off where the body put is at because it won't hold. It's not magnetized. Now you know how to find out if the car's been wrecked or not, don't you? It's amazing what you can learn when you come to church, isn't it? But God said, "I'm going to make it brand new. No body putty, no remakes. It's going to be brand new." He said to me, "It is done." 
I am the Alpha and Omega. Say it with me. Alpha and Omega. Say it again. Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I give to drink without cost from the spring of water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderer, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the adulterers, all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. God is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And what he's promised us is that we can be overcomers. He is, he is everything we need. And if we will drink from the water of life, he has a water of life. And a lot of times water is correlated with the Holy Spirit. And so if you would put the Holy Spirit there and, and say that he'll give you a drink of the Holy Spirit, it will cost you nothing and he will cause you to become overcomers, and you will inherit all of the blessings of heaven. No more pain, all the tears are gone, no more mourning, no more crying, because you're in heaven, you're in the very presence of God. And he said, I will give you the Holy Spirit. I will pour out my Holy Spirit in your life, and you can drink into that. And what's it going to do? It's going to help you to become an overcomer. What's it mean to be an overcomer? It means that you have fought the battle and you've won the race. Too often we forget to realize that God said, I desire to bless you. So the next question is, if God desires to bless me, what must I do for the blessings of God to rest upon me? I have to say, God, forgive me my sins. God, come into my heart. Lord, I want to live for you. I want to read your word. I want to pray. I, I want to be what you want me to be. I want to be obedient to you. I want to submit to you. I want to surrender my life to you. I want everything that you have for me to happen in my life. So God, help me to be obedient that I might be what you want me to be. An overcomer says no to sin and yes to the grace of God. Last Sunday night, we were working on Psalms chapter 45 and verse 7. And it talked about the fact that you love righteousness and that you hate wickedness. And if you will love righteousness and if you will hate wickedness, God says, I will pour out the oil of anointing of joy upon you. The oil of anointing of joy upon you by loving righteousness and hating wickedness. And I think probably we, we, are, we are wanting to, to uh, enjoy our relationship with God, but we want to just enjoy a little bit of the wickedness as well. And God said we have to separate ourselves from the things of the world, the things that are ungodly, the things that do not bring praise and glory to Him. We need to separate our things, our life from the world and let holiness and righteousness and purity rule and reign in our lives. He is the Alpha and Omega. God is the very beginning and the very end. And if we'll stay close to Him, He will give us the ability to be overcomers. Overcomers means that you win the race. 
in that every one of us can be overcomers in Christ as we submit to his will, as we walk in the spirits of obedience and march on for the kingdom. One of the seven angels had the seven bowls full of seven last plagues, came and said to me, Come, and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And, and he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain, great, high, and showed me the, the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear and crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and how many on the west? Three. Very good. The wall of the city that had 12 gates in all, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the name of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. When apostles are of the Lamb, They are God's chosen. Verse 15, the angel who talked with me said, a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. The city was laid like a square. As long as it was wide, he measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadii in length and as wide and as high as it is long. It's a cube. The city is a cube. 1,400 miles approximately. That's a pretty good-sized piece of property, and that's the new city. The new city is going to be an exciting adventure. When you begin to realize, verse 11, it's shown with the glory of God in its brilliance. The glory of God, the power of God, the magnificent light of God shines out from this city. And it's huge. It's huge. And it gives the dimensions. And it goes on to say, he measured the wall, and it was 144 cubits thick by man's measurement, which the angel was using. The wall was made of jasper in the city of pure gold and of pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, and the third Chalcedony, the the fourth emerald, the fifth sardox, the sixth carnelia, the seventh crystallite, and the eighth beryl, and the ninth topaz, and the tenth uh, cypress, uh, cypress. The the eleventh was the jacinth, and the twelfth was amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. Pure gold like transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty, the Lamb, are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives light 
and the Lamb is its light. The nation will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On that day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the book of life. What a city. Foundations built with tremendous precious stones. This city is going to be an awesome city. It is going to have clarity. It's going to have beauty. It's going to have light that never ends. KCPNL is no longer. It's been changed to a new name. There's been a merger take place. But let me tell you something. There is going to be so much light out of this coming out of this city that it never quits glowing because it's the presence of Almighty God. This city will be a huge cube of 1,000 miles, 1,400 miles, uh, 1,400 uh, miles wide and, it, and tall, and it's going to be glistening. The foundation, all these precious stones. It, and if you'll notice, it talks about the tribes of Israel. It talks about the apostles. What it's saying is the entire concept of this city is built on the Old Testament as well as the New. Hallelujah! We have to have both of them. Both of them come together. They're not two separate books. They are, they are complementary one to another. And the, and the one is prophetic. It, the Old Testament is, is prophetic, telling the future, and then you open up the New, and sure enough, just as it said it in the Old, it's translated into the New, it comes out to be absolutely beautiful because it's God's plan, it's God's purpose, and what he said he's going to do, he's going to do. And what he has done, he has done. And, and we must recognize the fact that we are privileged to be where we live this day. I can't imagine what it would have been like in the Old Testament when people would go years before they would hear the voice of God through a prophet. I can't imagine the, the, the distance there was. The Holy Spirit was there in, given out in portions of time, great mighty moves of, of the Holy Spirit at times, but you and I have the ability to be involved in the things of God constantly. The Holy Spirit is available to us 24-7. The presence of God is available to us 24-7. We must surrender. We don't have any choice in the matter. We've got to give him praise. We've got to give him glory because he is the God of the universe. And as we speak of this new heaven and new earth, we realize it's something we don't want to miss. This is a silver dollar city that's beyond silver dollar city. Way beyond. So how's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? I don't know. I haven't talked to the contractors in Kansas City yet to see if they've got contracts yet to build the foundations. I don't think they do. I think God's going to build them. And they're going to be right. They're going to be square. Man, I know somebody got the heat this past week. Drove by a shopping center and they poured concrete apron 
so you can drive in there. A week later, it's all coming out. And I thought, oh my goodness, all the hours, all the labor, it's back in. They must not have poured it quite deep enough or something. It looked good from the surface. But it was built once and tore out completely and redone. If they just would have called me, I could have explained it to them. I'm a little bit concerned about the second job. I'm not sure it's quite done right. But again, no one called me. But heaven is going to be awesome. This new heaven, the foundation will be perfect. There's not going to be any remakes. There's not going to be any put it in and tear it out. It's going to be absolutely perfect. It's going to be beautiful. So how are you going to get to this beautiful city? How are you going to be there? You notice it says nothing impure is going to be in heaven and only those names that are written in the Lamb's book of life. Our names written in the Lamb's book of life. And my desire is that God would look at that Lamb's book of life and see my name written in it without a line drawn through it. Without any eraser marks on half of it, but full legible print Dennis L. Smith. No social security number, just Dennis L. Smith. Because social security number is this, this world. We won't need that in heaven. Hallelujah. I should have got a shout on that. No taxes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Having our names written in the Lamb's book of life. So how do we keep the Lamb's Book of Life, our name written in there? We keep our name written in there by doing the will of God, repenting. You see, it's one thing to say, God, forgive me my sins. And it's another thing to say, God, forgive me my sins. Now let me fortify my spirit with this word. And Lord, you know what I need. So, God, I surrender to you, and I'm going to turn from my sin. You see, a lot of people miss it by a few degrees. Instead of turning away from sin, 180, they only go about 90. And when you just turn away from sin and you're just at 90, Guess what's going on here? It's called peripheral vision. And if you're young enough, you still have it. And that peripheral vision grabs a hold of the activity that's going out here to the edges, and that old sin life starts drawing you back. It's got to be a full 180. It's because when you're here, you can't see the sin that's lured you away. So it's got to be, repentance is not just say, I'm sorry. Repentance is, I'm sorry, but I'm turning, I'm walking towards God. And so it's saying yes to righteousness and no to wickedness. And in this walk, God is giving you the ability to have an anointing oil of joy placed upon you because you're putting your head towards God and you're putting your back towards evil, you're putting your head towards God, you're back towards evil, you're marching on, and you're not turning a partial turn. You're staying 100% directed towards God and 100% away from the things of the world. 
It's called obedience. God wants obedience. Yes, he'll take sacrifice, but what he really prefers is not sacrifice for sin. What he really prefers is our obedience. He wants us to love him enough that we're obedient. Heavenly Father, thank you today that you're helping us to be obedient. And Lord, where we have sinned, and where we see sin tripping us up, help us, O God, to take the fortitude to turn around and say, God, forgive me my sins. Help me to plug into your word that I might realize, God, that your word empowers me to say no to wickedness, to say no to things that are sinful, and to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. For God, you want love to be a part of our life. And God, you promised that if we'll walk in obedience to you, you will pour love into our lives, and hatred will leave, because hatred is a product of the sinful nature. Love is a product of God creation. You're a God of love, and you create us with the element of love deep in our spirits. And Lord, as we continue to walk with you and talk with you and spend time with you, your love begins to permeate us and change us into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to walk in the newness of life that you have for us. For God, we need you more than we need anything else in this world. We need your saving power. We need your strength. We need your anointing. 